Hey, church family, good to see you. Good to be here tonight with you. (laughs) Hey, we just want to welcome you. Let's go back. Let's pray. And let's go over these scriptures again. We'll start all over from the beginning. Father, I thank you that even through technical difficulties, goofing everything up, messing everything up, Lord, you're able to break through all of this. So, Father, again, I pray for every family, every home, every person tonight in the name of Jesus. I am praying, Father, that you're going to move in every life. I'm praying tonight, Father, that the truth of your word is going to break through. It's going to pierce every thought, every doubt, every type or form of oppression that the enemy has tried to bring upon anybody's life, Father. I thank you that your word is true that says that faith comes by hearing and and hearing by the word of God. So, Father, I thank you that we can bring a word of overcoming faith to your people tonight. Their hearts will be encouraged, their spirits will be refreshed, and their joy will be strengthened. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, I'm preaching, and you didn't hear it, but tonight I'm just preaching a simple message to you on overcoming faith. And so in this, I put the scripture up. I'll put it up one more time. Proverbs 12, and it says this. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. And so that's what I want to share with you tonight, a good word from God's word to make your heart glad. In this season, if you listen to everything going on out there, all the goofy things that are happening and that are being said, the things that people are doing, all the different types of hoarding and fear shopping and everything going on, it's important that we pull ourselves aside and find a place to hear a good word. And God's word is always a good word in our lives. And so tonight, that's what I put together, just a lesson to share with you for about 30 minutes on overcoming faith. And so tonight, Galatians chapter 5, I read it to you already, but Galatians chapter 5 says this, um, excuse me, 1 John chapter 5 says this, verses 4 and 5, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory, the victory, this is the victory, think about that. That has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Then that is our victory. That's the faith. Our faith in Christ is the victory over whatever's going on in the world around us. That is our faith. Hallelujah. And then Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, Paul says, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love avails in our heart. What does that mean? That God has given us this great love. How, How does faith work through love? God loves us. God so loved us that he gave his only son. And when I become assured of his love, that brings a release of my faith. God loves me. I love him. He's watching over me. He cares for me. I'm his child. He is my father. That's a love relationship. So faith flows in that atmosphere of assurance of God's love in our life, as Paul said. 
So I want you to hear this. Let me, as I was studying today and going over this, I was reading in Hebrews, and I just wrote this little definition for myself. Faith is having steadfast confidence and trust in God and the surety of His Word. My faith, your faith, is when we have steadfast confidence in God and the surety of His Word. God's Word is sure. You know, the Lord said in Psalms, He says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will never pass away. So our faith is that trust that we have in God in confidence of the surety of His Word and again of His love towards us. But in order for us to live in that faith, we have to understand this isn't just a simple thing to walk by faith, to live by faith. It doesn't just happen automatically. We don't receive faith by osmosis. We we have to be people of faith, and we have to desire to walk in faith. We have to grow in faith and, and learn how to develop and strengthen our faith. Paul says that we pray in the Holy Ghost, and we build up strengthening our faith. And so as people of God, that's what we have to do. So on these Wednesday nights, I'm just going to teach some lessons on faith, stir us up. Peter said, hey, I just want to put you in remembrance of what you already know. As believers, you're probably not going to hear things that you haven't heard before, but maybe you're here tonight and God will give something brand new, let you hear something fresh and new that will just ignite your faith and maybe tear down some of that, just that gray kind of heaviness that seems to be trying to get upon people. And we want to break that tonight in Jesus' name. So it takes more than just momentary agreement with the Word of God in order for us to be able to use it. I can't just say amen on Sunday morning or listen to things or just read a daily devotional. It it takes some different kind of action here in order to see the Word of God to come to pass in our life. It takes the active transformation of renewing our minds to the truth of the Word and conditioning our thoughts to line up in obedience to the Word. How are you conditioning your thoughts these last few weeks? What's going on? Everything we're here. Oh, it's a pandemic. The world. Wait a minute. God watches over us. He covers us. We abide under the shadow of His wing. And if I don't guard my mind and guard my heart, it's going to affect my thought life. As we said Sunday morning, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're mighty through God to pulling down strongholds, bringing into captivity every thought. And so our thought life is so important, how we condition our thoughts to agree with the Word of God if we want to walk by faith. See, we can be who God says we are, and we can do what He said He's called us to do, but it will involve an active choice on our part and the willingness to pay the price of dying to ourselves and to the old man and the old way of living in order to live the new way. To li- living by faith is a new way of living. The old way is fear, doubt, unbelief, discouragement, all those things that come. To live by faith, I, I have to press in to renewal and renewing my mind to agree with God's Word. If we are willing and obedient, the Bible tells us, we will eat the good of the land. I have to be willing to be obedient to the Word of God, hearing it, receiving it, and applying it to my life. 
See, understanding the power of the cross and the fullness of our redemption in Christ releases us to live by faith. Everything we have is by him, through him, and from him. And so when we just understand the cross and everything Jesus did for us, you know what? It just is easy to release our faith. When I look at the cross and see what he did, my goodness, it's so easy to have faith. If he would do that for me, that's what Romans said. If, if he who delivered up his son for us, if God who delivered up his son for us on the cross, if he did all this for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things to enjoy? So God is concerned about every aspect of our life. He knows every situation, every circumstance we are in, and he has us covered. Praise the Lord. So since God has declared his will in his word and confirmed it in the blood of his son, need to hear that, we no longer need to pause at believing that he will fulfill all that he has said. Again, when I look at the cross and look at how serious God was about his word and that he sealed that in the blood of his son, it's easy for me to believe that God will keep everything he's declared concerning my life and concerning your life. So I want to walk you through some more scriptures here for the next few moments, so just stay with me. See, we can have faith to change our world. You and I can have world-changing faith. We're, we're called to be salt and to be light, to have influence and impact by faith in God. We have a faith that works by love, as we read. My knowledge of His covenant that was made out of His love for me releases my faith to trust in Him for all things. God has made covenant with us, my friend. And when I read this book, I'm reading the covenant. This is the, the covenant that he's made with. This is his declaration to us. So when I'm reading his word, I'm reading the promises of the covenant that he's made with us in the blood of his son. Now that I know his will is centered in his love and enforced by the power of his word, I have great confidence. Since we are God's people and the object of his love, we can therefore be people of faith. What does that mean? Look at, we are saved by faith. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. What that means, you didn't do anything but believe. By grace you have been saved through faith. Faith just agrees with what God did in His grace for us. We receive it. He, he does it all. We just agree, trust, and receive it. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anybody should boast. What an awesome promise. Secondly, we live by faith. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, <coughs> excuse me, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. It is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. 
So in these situations, and I send out a little note to all of our men, you know what? Faith is for adversity. Faith is for these times. When, when challenges come up, man, this is when we get to live by faith. This is when we, we don't just get to talk about it. Man, this is when it becomes a reality. God is real in our life. The Word is true, and we get to live by faith in Him and see His Word come to pass in our life. So awesome. So we then next, so we live by faith, but then we also walk by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We just walk this thing out. I'm walking day by day. I'm walking by faith. Take the next step. Take the next step. God, what's going to happen? I don't know, but by faith, I'm just going to take the next step. And I'm going to take the next step. And God's going to direct my path. The, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So I'm just going to walk with the Lord. We walk by faith, not by sight. The fourth one. We're called to fight the good fight of faith. Well, I went too far. Well, no. I missed that one. 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Yeah, I missed putting it in there. My bad. But 1 Timothy 6, 12, Paul writes to Timothy and says, Hey, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. You know what a good fight is? The one you win. You know how you win every fight? You win it by faith. Praise the Lord. We fight the good fight of faith. By trusting God, believing God, being assured of His Word, and then overcoming by the faith that He has given us. Think about this. The next thing we're called to do is to speak the Word of faith. Look at Romans 10 and verse 8. What does it say? The Word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. What does it say? The Word is near you. In your heart, in your mouth, and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. You know, preach means to proclaim. Let me ask you this, my friend. What are you proclaiming during this season? Proclaim God's word. Declare his word. God is for me. Who can be against me? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Not, oh man, they're running out of toilet paper. Oh no, I haven't been able to find any of this or any of that. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to make it. Praise the Lord. We're going to overcome this thing. We're going to come out. Oh my goodness, what about my job? What about my finance? What about this? It, don't, don't declare that. Declare, Father, I thank you. You will always be Jehovah Jireh. You will always be El Shaddai. You will make a way where there seems to be no way. You can bring supernatural increase from unexpected sources into my life. Father, I thank you. You are for me and not against me. That's what the Bible says. If God is for us, who can be against that? So when we take the word of faith in our mouth, we have to proclaim that, preach it, and declare it in Jesus' name. Next is we pray the prayer of faith. James 5 says, and the prayer of faith. Not the prayer of doubt, not of maybe, not of, oh, Lord, if it is your will. He's already declared what his will is. But the Bible says, if there's anybody sick, let them call the elders in the prayer of faith. Then let them anoint him with oil, pray the prayer of faith. will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sin, he will be forgiven. So we're called to pray prayers of faith, prayers of declaration, prayers of agreement with God's word. And so get those scriptures, build your, your scripture prayer library so that when you, 
excuse me, so that when you're praying, you can declare God's word and speak it in faith when you pray. Praise God. Then we're told in 1 John, Ephesians chapter, excuse me. Ephesians chapter 6 is that we're told to take the shield of faith. Look at this. Ephesians 6 and verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith. So Paul in Ephesians 6 gives us the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. And then when he gets to the shield of faith, he says, above all. Above all, above all, in all the armor, above all, taking, picking up, taking the shield of faith by which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So anything the devil is throwing at you, any thought bombs that he's throwing at you, any attack, any area that he's coming against you, you, you take up the shield of faith actively, proactively, purposefully. Taking the shield of faith to quench all the fiery dark. That means they just bounce off and fall to the ground. They have no influence. They don't penetrate. They're not allowed to get inside you. You're not allowed to, to begin to bring oppression and discouragement and a heaviness upon your life. You just get that shield out there and say, devil, hit me with your best shot. It isn't going to make a difference because my faith is my protection in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And then, I want to give you this, though, Romans 12 and verse 3. Because when you start talking about faith, people start thinking, I don't have enough faith. God is no respecter of persons, my friend. God doesn't respect one person over the other. I want you to listen to Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Look at it with me, out of the King James Version. It says, for I say, listen to this, Paul says, Paul's saying, I'm saying through the grace given to me. I get that. Paul is preaching and is ministering by the grace that has been supplied to him to do what he's doing. So what Paul is doing as a minister, as an apostle in preaching, God has supplied that to him by his grace. God's grace is so amazing. And God has grace for you and everything he's desiring to do. You're going to do it in the grace and his provision in your life. So look what Paul says. I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to the think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Why? According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. What does that mean? God does not respect. He gives everybody the exact same measure. Now, what you do with that is up to you. Do you know that every person has the same muscle makeup physically? We, we have the same muscle. Now, some of them, people become bodybuilders. We go down to the Lord's gym. I look down there, and there's guys that are all bulked up and stuff. I like a little more flexibility in my life and than that, than to be all bulked up. But guys have built up and strengthened and developed, and those things are pronounced, and you can see them. And then there's people like me, and, and uh, if, if I didn't have my shirt on, it, nothing would look very pronounced. I guarantee you that. So in all that, but, but everybody has the same muscle components, and you can develop that. You build up, you develop, and you strengthen your faith by use. 
You use your faith. You apply it. You speak it. You declare it. You walk it out. You, and, and just stay fixed and grounded in the truth of God's work. And it gets stronger and stronger. But you have the same measure. That's why Jesus said the disciples came to him in Luke. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. And many times people are praying that. When you're asking God to increase your faith, let me just be as polite as I can. That's a prayer of doubt in what he's already given you. You don't believe that he's given you enough, that somehow God's shortchanging. Oh, God, give me more faith. Give me more faith. The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you, if you just realize that if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this tree, be plucked up by your roots and cast into the sea, and it would obey you. If you just realize you have it. So if God's given to every man the measure of faith, I guarantee you got at least a mustard seed measure. And that is enough to move trees and move mountains if you use it. Praise God. You have all the faith you need to be the overcomer that God has declared you are in his word. Hallelujah. No matter what the situation so think about this. I want to encourage you. We must never lose our faith by questioning his love for us. I have people say, well, I'm just not sure God's love. I just don't feel it. Never question God's love for you. He loves you and his love never fails towards you. And we must never forget our faith by forgetting his word to us. In a moment, I'm going to read you a scripture in Psalms 103 that encourages David said, do not forget all of his benefits. And so it's easy to forget his word. That's why I need to be in the word, need to be reading the word, and, and just strengthening your faith. Because faith comes by hearing what's in this word. The more I hear the word, I, I need to be hearing this more than I'm hearing anything else. Make sure that this gets in you. You can hear other things and, and not let it in, but make sure this is what gets in your heart, not all that other stuff. Praise the Lord. So think about this. We must choose to never let any circumstance or situation speak louder than our revelation of who God is and the promise of his word. Is God's word speaking louder in your life than the circumstance of the COVID-19 virus? Is God's word speaking louder in your life than the lack of toilet paper? Is God's word speaking louder in your life than two weeks off from work? Is God's word speaking louder in your life than any circumstance you might be in? And it's not just this. What, what happens when the doctor says that it gives you a report of an ailment in your body? What is louder, the report of the doctor or the report of God's word? The Bible says, I will believe the report of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to speak. I'm going to agree with God's word. And I'm going to see it come to pass in Jesus' name. That's your response. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate it. I know you're going to do everything you can to help me. But I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to pray the word. I'm going to stand on the word. And in Jesus' name, I will be the healed of the Lord. Now, I'm going to spend the last couple moments here giving you scriptures on healing. Because everything around this is the fear of getting sick. I've been out in the community watching people. People watching anybody. If anybody cough, when I preach, I get this little tickle and I cough every now and then. And so people go, oh, he coughed. He must have it. 
And so we have it fear. We're not even sure what it is. They, they haven't even diagnosed it. They haven't really figured it all out. They're still triggering, figuring out how to deal with it. But if we see anybody doing anything, we think they have it. And so we have the fear of it captivating our whole world. It's changing everything. And so I refuse to come under the bondage of fear. Hebrews 2 verse 14 said that Jesus came and became just like us. He became like us so he could be tempted and tested and always like us. Now watch that. And deliver them who all their lives were subject to the fear of death. God doesn't want us to be held captive and in bondage to the fear of death. And if you really stopped and looked at it right now, everything that's going on in our world, do you know that less than one-tenth of one percent of the entire population of our nation is infected with this virus? Do you know that it is still 98% of the people that contract it get well? You have a 98% of survival, even if you did catch it. 98% chance of victory. Amen. If I said, hey, would you like to invest in $100 in a 98% guaranteed return of investment? People would jump on that. But here, if people say, oh, you have a 2% chance of contracting this and dying. A 2% chance. A 2% chance of death is the panic of fear around this. And it's actually less than that. I've amped it up a little bit. It's less than that when you crunch all the numbers. And that's 2% of the people who contract it. But, but out of the whole population, less than one-tenth of 1%. one percent, zero 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 point one percent It's just amazing when you add it all up. And so when it comes to this, we need to have greater fear I mean, more faith for life than we do have fear of death. We don't be held in bondage to the fear of death. So let me give you a couple of scripture. So what do I do? Again, we must choose to never let any circumstance or situation speak louder than our revelation of who God is and the promise of his word. We must pray until faith overcomes our doubt. So what do you do? You pray in the Spirit and you stay in the Word. Pray in the Spirit and pray in the Word. Pray in other tongues. Ask if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Tonight, the Bible says, if you ask the Father, He will give the Holy Spirit to anybody who has. Just say, Father, I pray that you baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you're my baptizer. Baptize me. Fill me now with the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You're going to pray through me. I can pray through the Spirit. You'll give me a prayer language so I can pray in the Spirit, build up my faith, strengthen myself, stay strong in the Lord, and in the Word. And so God will answer your prayer. You can be filled with the Spirit right where you are, just asking God. And then begin to pray in faith, in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, unknown tongue, and you're going to find strength and encouragement. Stay in the Word and pray in the Spirit. Stay in the Word and pray in the Spirit, and you will be an overcomer. So let me give you the Believe that God will change our physical well-being. How do we have faith to believe that God is on our side for health and for healing? Once you get that, Mark chapter 11, Jesus said this. Have faith in God. Watch this. 
For surely I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. What does that mean? That means I have to agree with God and His Word. Have faith in God. How do I have faith in God? By having confidence in His Word. You know, I shared with the congregation a few weeks ago, with all of you, a few weeks ago, I'm preaching on this, and I read out of a, a, a Jewish translation Bible, and Hebrews 11, every place it said, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, it's said by trust. This is what I've always been amazed at. I wonder what would happen if we trusted God's word and had as much confidence in his word as we do in every other word that we hear. We have great confidence in what the doctors say. We have great confidence in what the news say, what everybody else has said. We'll repeat that. We, we, we will declare that as if it was from God's lips himself. No, they said, they said, they said. I'm more concerned about what he said. I want to declare what he said with more confidence than what they said. Praise the Lord. So standing on the word of God. Amen. You know what? When it came to healing and people receiving, I want you to listen. Jesus said that it was their faith that made them whole. People would come to Jesus and they would receive an answer. And he declared it was their faith that made them whole. God's given you the measure of faith. And when you stir up your faith and live by faith, your faith will make you whole. It'll make you whole in your thought life. It'll make you whole in your physical life. It'll make you whole in your relationship life. It'll make you whole in your financial life. It'll make you whole in every area and aspect of your life. Wholeness belongs to you. We say peace, say shalom. It means, shalom means peace. It means wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. When God declares his peace on you, it is wholeness for every area of our lives. Hallelujah. So think about this. In Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus. He said, your faith has made you whole. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus said to him, your faith has saved you, made you whole. The paralyzed man and his friend said, your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. Luke chapter 17, the, to the leper, he said to them, your faith has made you whole. Let me give you these scriptures on healing. Look at this. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. It says, Now faith is the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof. Faith is the proof. Not, not it's showing up. It's the title deed of the things we do not see and the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So when I can't see it, touch it, smell it, hear it, taste it with my five senses, it's real by faith. That's how faith receives it. It's because God said it. I'm standing on the word. It's on its way. Those of you who have been to church for a while, you've heard me preach Jerry Seville's message on the in-between faith. We live between amen and there it is. You say amen, and in between, you're just thanking God because you know it's going to show up. It's like ordering it uh, on the Internet. I place my order, and I'm waiting for it. I'm in between. Amen. Thank you. I ordered it, and there it is, delivered on my doorstep. And in between, I'm just thanking God that it's mine, that I have received it in Jesus' name. 
David said this about healing. Look at Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. Look at what he said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless, <coughs> excuse me, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases. That's old covenant promise, old covenant truth before the shed blood of Christ that God was his heal, our healer. Who redeems your life from destruction. Your life has been redeemed from destruction. Crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Look at that. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like eagles. I've said it for years over and over and over. Youth possesses me. I choose to declare you strength, vitality over my life. God, because God said that he would renew my youth. Not that he would just help me get through old age. Bless God, I want to be young my whole life. I want to be young in thought. I want to be young in action. I want to be young in word. I want to be young in activity and the things that I'm doing. I want to think young, act young, live young. Because God said he would renew my youth. Praise the Lord. I think about that. And so th this is what I do. They, they said it's harder for young people to catch this thing than me. So praise God, I just choose to be young in Jesus' name. Glory to God. So watch this. The next scripture. How, how can I be sure that, that Jesus will heal me? See, I believe in divine health and healing of mine because Jesus took my weakness. Look at in Matthew 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw and he loved them. And he went out and had great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them. And he healed their sick. How many believe that? You just need to be God still moved with compassion towards you. And if sickness does come towards you, he will heal you. Have faith. For healing. Matthew 8 says this. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out their spirits with the word. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, watch this. Watch this. There it is, right there on your screen. He himself took our infirmities, and he bore our sickness. Jesus took our infirmities, our weaknesses, and all of our sins. And he took them on himself and bore them to the cross and delivered us from all sickness and disease. You have a right not just to divine healing, but to believe God for divine health and strength and vitality. And it's hard when you're facing situations. We have some in our church and, and all over. People are, are battling. Before this came along, there were other challenges to our faith. Before this virus thing, people are believing for healing for cancer, from, from blood issues, from all kinds of heart conditions, everything else, yeah, physical infirmities and condition. But look at Jesus took that. So just let him have it. Don't claim it as yours. People claim sickness. My this, my that. Don't claim it. Give it to him in Jesus' name. Jesus, you can have this. Take this too. Take this too. I give it to you in Jesus' name. And begin to call yourself the healed of the Lord. Praise God. Let me just go through these last scriptures. Look at this. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness. 1 Peter 2, 24, by whose stripe you were, past tense, healed. Glory to God. Look at this, Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed. See, in the Old Testament, listen, in the Old Testament, people could get healed just by sending the word. Praise God. Let, let God's word come to you with its healing power. Look, and 
and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful work to the children of men. Father, I thank you for your wonderful work. You can just praise him. You can take scriptures like that. Just begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord. Your word comes. It brings healing to my life. Oh, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your wonderful works in my life. Hallelujah. God, we serve a great God. Luke 5, 15, however, the report went around concerning him all the more, and the great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So Jesus said, man, don't tell anybody that you've been healed, that you've been delivered. And yet people went out and proclaimed it everywhere. <coughs> Excuse me. And then multitudes came, and when they came, he healed them all. Praise the Lord. Look at this. James 5. We read it earlier. If anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, there it is again, will save the sick. Matthew 16. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, wow. It will by no means hurt them. Come on, look at those things. Come on, that's declaring protection over our lives. God's protection covered. Look it. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's what Jesus said. I think I'll go with what he said. Hallelujah. And James 5.14 says this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears it. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know, we know, we know, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. I want you to say this with me. Look at this. I put three confessions here at the very end. And I'm going to pray for us. When doubts arise, I just simply look to the cross. Say this with me. I'm going to say this real slow. Say it with me. I have all the faith I will ever need right now to live in and walk in the full provision of God's covenant word to me. He loves me. And that is all the assurance I need. I choose to receive and live In the flow of God's provision for my life in Jesus' name. Amen. How many know that's a great declaration? Learn to make those kind of declarations over your life. Here's another one. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I will do all that God says I can do. God said it. The devil knows it. Now I know it, believe it, and declare it in Jesus' name. See, God knows His Word, the devil knows His Word, and when we know His Word, and then we're bold enough to declare it and believe it by faith, we receive what He has declared in Jesus' name. Lastly, I want you to pray this with me. Father, I want my faith to be a reflection of your ability, not mine.
I will become more aggressive in my daily confession of faith in you and your word. I believe, therefore, I speak. I live to prove that you are my source my dependence, by my dependence upon you. I thank you that your hand will be good upon me and others will see your goodness in my life. You see, when we live by faith, others see God's goodness in and upon our life. And that's why Peter said in 2 Peter that we're supposed to be ready to give people an answer for the hope that we have. Yesterday I was in line at the grocery store at Forklift and I saw somebody that I've known over the years and he said to me, oh man, I'm, I'm being careful. I said, not me. I'm, 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 I'm careful, but I'm going about life. I, I refuse to be intimidated by a virus. I'm living my life, refusing to be intimidated. I said, the worst thing that could happen is I would go to heaven. And go, oh, oh, yeah, that's good. I said, yeah, that's good. Praise the Lord. You know, that's my posture. The worst thing that could happen is I would go to heaven. That's the worst. I would go to heaven. That's where we all want to go. That's where we're all believing to go. Praise the Lord. Hold on to your faith. Don't live in fear. You're an overcomer. God's love is your assurance that you can ride upon and stand upon in releasing your faith in Him. Father, I pray right now for your people. Lord, again, I pray for every family, every home, every person. Father, I pray a release over their lives right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that somewhere one of these scriptures, some portion of your word has ignited something in their heart to believe, to elevate their faith, their trust, their confidence in you to a new level. Father, I pray that bondages and chains and, and, and oppressive feelings are being broken off of people's lives right now. Father, I thank you that peace comes to your people in the area of provision for their needs, their necessities. Lord, Lord, your word just told us, you said, don't take any thought for what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. And Lord, if we would just seek you and seek first your kingdom, if we would keep you first. So Father, I pray your people are going to be keeping you first, seeking your kingdom, being in the word, praying in the spirit. And God, you're going to make sure that every need and necessity of their life is met in Jesus' name. And they'll be able to say and declare like Paul, my God has supplied all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, Father, I pray your peace. I pray your comfort over your people. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week. Be safe, be secure, and at rest in the Lord. We love you. Praise the Lord. Hey, before you go, they're telling me to encourage you and just to stay faithful in your giving and supporting. We'll put some information up right now. And our church is so amazing. We have such a great church, such faithful people. So if you'd like to stay connected by tithing and giving, you can do that electronically. You can do it on the website. You can do it the app. You can text to give. You can do all those things. All that information is available. 
but also if you want to, you can mail in a check. People have been bringing checks by. God is so good. God will be good in your life. God bless you as you give. God bless you as you hold on and keep your faith strong in the Lord. We love you. God bless you.